Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer one of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive combo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Hi, my name is Todd Henry. I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to a productive conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, and Todd Henry is returning for another productive conversation, which I can say because every time Todd has joined me on the program, the conversations have been productive. He's the author of several books, and his latest book, The Daily Creative, is what we talk about today. We talk about what it was like to put this book together, as well as where it fits in his overall body of work. And then we walk through how you should go through the book, and then we take certain passages of the book and discuss them. It's a fun and productive conversation that you don't want to miss. And we kick it off by talking about, of course, every time I talk to Todd, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Time for a productive conversation with Todd Henry. Enjoy. Todd Henry, it's great to have you back on the program again. Uh, it, you know, it's been a while since since we've chatted. I think it was when Louder With Words came out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, boy, that was a while ago. That was, uh, I guess, six years ago, seven years ago now. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's great to be back. You've had, you've had a, um, you know, a real, uh, body of work with the the books you've put out over the years. And the latest book is, uh, it just came out as we're recording this. Um, it's called The Daily Creative, A Practical Guide for Staying Prolific, Brilliant, and Healthy. So the first thing I want to bring up as we, as we get into this conversation is, you know, why does this book go here in your overall oeuvre of the work you've done? Because you've written, you know, um, Die Empty. Again, Louder Than Words, The Accidental Creative. There's, there's, I, I, it draws me to this video that we'll actually link to in the show notes of um, Quentin Tarantino's like 10 films, right? Like the whole, like he's only going to do 10 films and it's the body of work that matters. So like, where does this fit in to your body of work? Like, is it more of the through line that's been consistent or is it like, this is the time to put this out there? Like, I'm just curious about your mindset around this. Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> actually, uh, both of those things are, are correct statements. So let me explain. Um, first of all, I, this book is really an encapsulation of the last 15 years of my life and my work. So all of my other books, I've written five other books at this point, and all of them were, you know, that sort of 300 page big idea business book about creativity or leadership or collaboration or, you know, putting your best work into the world. Um, and each of them kind of occupies its own space. You know, each one sort of addresses a specific idea what I wanted to do is create something that encapsulated all of those ideas and gave people practical daily bite-sized insights from all of those books and challenge them to apply them on a daily basis. You know, the, the last thing that you want to do when someone is drowning is toss them a 300-page manual about how to swim better. Um, <laughs> and I really feel like, you know, for many of us, the last couple of years, we've been we've been not so much swimming, but but drowning in the uncertainty and a lot of what's been thrown at us. Um, globally, you know, through the, through the pandemic and economically and, and what's going on in the marketplace. And, you know, we're all trying to navigate our way to the next place, whatever that looks like. So what I wanted to do is just give people a really simple, practical guidebook that would not teach them a bunch of new things, but probably remind them of some things that they already know or suspect, but maybe either didn't have language for 
or had forgotten. And so they're, you know, they're, they're swimming, they're, they're trying to swim, but they're kind of drowning. And I just wanted to toss them a couple of little life preservers and say, Hey, remember this thing about, you know, building, uh, study time into your life so that you have stimulus to come up with ideas. Hey, remember this thing about how important it is to understand the unique value you bring and what is the unique value and how can you apply that to your work today? You know, things like that. Um, those are things we all know, but we often forget in the hustle and bustle of life, especially over the last couple of years. And, and actually that brings up a, a really good follow-up question. You know, as I would open the book or in this case, digitally looked at the book in my Kindle, I noticed that this book is designed to be read in a very specific way. It's interesting. I just had a conversation with um, John Baird and Edward Sullivan, who wrote the book uh, Leading with Heart, and they had a very specific way they wanted to read the book that, that you know, uh, I wanted to highlight. You've done the same. Can you explain? Yeah. So one of the things that has been a part of my study time for the last 20 years are... Um, daily readers, you know, books that, that I sort of dip into every day a little bit, maybe take about, you know, two to five minutes to, to interact with, but that always provide me with some kind of insight, some kind of um, application for the day. And because of my love for that format, I decided to turn this book into a daily reader. We had a lot of discussions at the beginning about, you know, do we want to make it like, okay, week one, day one, day two, day three, day four. So you could sort of start at the beginning regardless of what day you started on. And I said, no, I don't, I don't want that. What I want to do is create a reader where we have thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of creative professionals all over the world reading and thinking about the same thing on the same day. Because I think that there's some magic that happens when you have a lot of people thinking about the same thing, applying the same thing, especially if you're on a team that's doing this together, it really creates a kind of a cadence of health, you know, within the organization. And so it's designed to be read every day, a little bit at a time. Um, it's designed to be read multiple times because by the time you get back to September, we're recording this on September 15th, by the time you get back to this day next year, you're going to be a different person. So today's entry might not strike you profoundly today, but next year it's going to be the most profound thing you've ever read in your life, you know? Um, and so it's designed to be that kind of constant companion for people who have to solve problems every day. And that was a very intentional decision. Also, the other thing that's uh, unique about it is we we didn't write it with any specific themes in mind, meaning it's not like this week is focus week, next week is time week. Um, instead, we wanted to surprise people every day because that's how life comes at us. You know, it's not like, oh, this week I get to just, you know, deal with focus in my life and work. No, I mean, we're constantly being uh, bombarded with new things. And so we wanted each day to feel a little bit like a, like a package that they were opening, <laughs> you know, the reader was opening every day. Um, and that was intentional on my part as well. I am reading this book um, along with everyone else who's reading it right now, because I realized, you know, and you've, I'm sure you've done the same thing many times with your work. Um, I created the book that I needed right now. And so it's been really helpful to me. Even uh, today's entry was about cover bands. I was you just going to get to that. Yeah. I was just going to get to that because I'm like, well, today's entry is about cover bands don't change the world. And I'm like, that's been your, that's been your like signature sign off for the podcast that, you know, and like cover bands don't change the world, you know, um, let's touch on that. I want to go through some of the entries. Um, Great. and I want to start with that one. So let's start with today. If someone's what, you know, if, if, if just for those that are listening to this publicly, we're recording this live for the members of my time crafting trust community. We'll have a link in the show notes on how you can join that community if you'd like. But 
Uh, today is September 15th, and the entry is cover bands. Don't, you know, it's cover bands don't change the world. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Because it's been a signature, you know, phrase of yours for all the time I've known you. It has. I mean, that's really, that's the way I've signed off the Accidental Creative Podcast since 2005, right? So 17 years now, we've been closing the podcast with that phrase. I've missed it a couple of times that people always remind me when I miss it. They're like, hey, I didn't hear that at the end. Um, that's not to say that cover bands don't ha have value. For those who don't know, a cover band is a band that plays other people's music, right? So uh, think, you know, dance, party bands, things like that. You know, you go in, they play all the greatest hits, everything's fine. Um, it's not that they don't add value. They serve a purpose for sure. But people don't remember the band, they remember the music. The music is what really transformed the world. That's the unique value that was put into the world, the, the, the something unique that somebody created. Um, cover bands are people who just are, are mimicking that value that other people have already created at right. some point. Um, and people always say, well, what about the Beatles? The Beatles were a cover band. Well, yeah, they were at first, but they eventually navigated their way into being an original music band that obviously transformed the world. And now there are all these Beatles cover bands, right? Copying the value that they created. That phrase is really just designed to remind people there is something unique that you offer the world. There's some unique perspective, combination of passion, skills, experiences that you bring to the world that other people are unable to bring. They're never going to be able to bring it because you have a unique perspective and a unique platform to be able to do that. So if you don't bring it to the world, nobody's going to bring it to the world. Um, and so that phrase for me just encapsulates that sentiment of we all have to figure out what is the unique value that I bring to the marketplace or to the people around me? And how can I consistently bring that every single day? By the way, that's not something you sit around and think about and come up with. It's something you're going to observe over time. It's a pattern that will play out in your life and your work. It develops like a, like a, uh, like film in a dark room, not like mm -hmm. an instant photo. So if we pay attention to the patterns over time, we can begin to discover those unique things that we bring and begin to apply them more consistently. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout? Oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? 
That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? Well, it's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. And it's interesting because you bring up like the idea of cover bands. There's some cover bands to your point that they generally don't change the world, but there's some 
bands that have decided to take covers and throw their own unique spin on them and be oh, for and, sure. Yeah, like Walk Off the Earth, for example, Dread Zeppelin yeah. back in the day, you know, like, and that's an, or even hell, Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, to a degree, that would be, but, but to your point, it's, it's the rotes. It, it's, it's when it's too rote, when you don't add your own spin to it, when you don't, uh, and, Absolutely. and all of those artists that I just mentioned, did create their own music. It was almost like it was a vessel for them initially. Um, oh, absolutely. So, so playing covers is yeah. not the same thing as being a cover band, right? right. We right. all. So everybody over time, uh, the way that we grow creatively in our craft, whatever our craft is, if we're a marketer, if we're a designer, if we're whatever, the way that we grow is by emulating other people. We we copy other people in order to develop the basic chops that we need in order to be able to do our work. At some point, though, we have to diverge. We have to move off in a new direction, begin adding our unique perspective, our unique value, if we want to build that body of work that stands as a reflection of us, not just as a sort of a copycat of someone else. So that's a great example. I mean, someone can, you know, most great artists start off as cover bands because they're building the basic platform. I mean, Steve Earle said, basically, all we did was rewrite the same songs over and over and over again until we found our voice, right? Yeah. We rewrote other people's songs. Stephen King... Um, talked about how he would copy Combat Casey comics into little blue notebooks. He would write them word for word and just copy, you know, what somebody else had already written as a as a way of sort of absorbing what great language, great prose, great flow feels like. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that, but at some point we have to step out and begin doing our own thing. Well, yeah, it's like what that what's that Bruce Lee quote? Uh, take absorb what's useful. Discard what doesn't add your own. Like uh, in a lot yes. of ways. Now I yeah. want to uh, now let's go back to the dates though. So. As you go through each, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rhyme off a couple of dates that mean something to me as I went through the book. Uh, so one is my birthday, July 3rd and peace was what came up. And it, the way the book is written, just to give everybody a sense, it's not just like, you know, like those day flip a day calendar kind of things where it's like just a, just a quote or something like that. Like there's, there's something there. So when you talked about peace, um, and again, you brought this up earlier, uh, you don't always remember what you wrote. You always have to revisit it. Do you, I mean, when, when you think about peace, you brought up something that um, maybe people don't think about peace from that angle, especially when it comes to the, the, uh, the aspect of creativity. So can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, you're, uh, there are 366 entries. <laughs> so sooner or later, you're probably going to stumble across one that I'm like, I don't remember what I wrote about that. But, <laughs> but I do remember this because it's something I teach very often, which is that peace is when most people say, I want peace. What they really mean is I want you to do things the way I want you to do them. And I want us to not have any conflict. Um, that's not peace. Peace is order. Peace means that things are put in order and that there's a kind of a wholeness, a health to our world. And that's the kind of peace we should be pursuing in our work, which is kind of an order or kind of a health. Um, in in uh, Hebrew tradition, the word shalom, right, is mm -hmm. this word peace, which it, it means more than just, I have everything the way I want it and don't mess it up. Don't upset the, the apple cart, which is how we often talk about peace. What we really want is order, which means that things are in an ordered place. There's a kind of a wholeness and a health. And that's the kind of peace we should pursue in our life, in our work, in our systems, uh, in our creating. Um, I think that's really what we're aiming for. I'm going to move on to another one. February 13th. Sound familiar? Do you remember this one? The one where you're talking about like the things that sound familiar and how Absolutely. you can leverage that? Let's talk about that one. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the, the best ideas for our work are not going to come from staring harder at the problem. They're going to come from looking outside of 
the area around the problem. And sometimes one of the best ways to do that is to look at similar problems, other problems that have been solved in the past by other people, uh, to begin exploring sympathies and uh, affinities, you know? So um, who else has solved a problem like this? How did they do it? What, what can I learn from that? What can I apply to the problem? And also, by the way, some of your best ideas are gonna be ideas maybe you've already had in the past and you don't even think about um, because you're not paying attention to them. Maybe they're problems that you came up with solutions for you know, a long time ago, but you discarded into the creative trash heap. You discarded all of these great ideas Maybe it's time to go back and dig some of those up and ask, hey, might some of these help me solve this problem? Again, nothing brand new, but these are things that we we know that we probably should do, but we often forget about when we're in the hustle and bustle of daily life and work. Okay, so here's, here's because that's happened to me. Like ideas that I've brought to that, that I've let go and then all of a sudden they come back around. I'm like, wait a minute, I had that idea before, but I didn't do anything yeah. with it. That's a signal. So let me ask you, was this book something that came up a long time ago and it revisited, like it, it reared its head and you're like, I need to, Oh, now is the time. Now is the like. Did it yeah. present itself on multiple occasions, or was it just you know at the right place at the right time? And to me, I think it. I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. So it's both. The answer is both. <laughs> yes, I've had this idea for a long time, but it took. It's taken me a while to build to the place where I have a body of work that's substantial enough, where I have a wide enough range of things I can draw from to do 366 entries. Right. So. Um, so the answer is kind of both. What I'm what I'm really excited about with this book is I have something to talk about every single day. You know, as you know very well, like when you write a book, it's basically here's the big idea of the book and you give the same talking points over and over again. For me, herding tigers with stability and challenge and here's how we lose trust with our team and here's how we build trust with the team and here's how we protect time and energy and that's fine. But it was a very finite set of ideas. You know, with this book, it's like I open it up every day and I'm like, oh, today it's cover bands. You know, yeah. yesterday it was something else. Tomorrow's going to be something else. And it's it's great because it feels like I have something new that I can kind of trumpet and talk about every single day. And it's all drawn from the larger scope of my body of work. And two days ago, you talked about focus, function, and fire on September 13th. Yeah. That was something that I don't ever think I've heard you talk about before. Or if I have, it again... You've been so prolific that it, it might have just flown by. So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So those are the three. I, I wrote about this in Herding Tigers, actually, my book about creative leadership. Um, these are the three areas that leaders are specifically responsible for, but also that we as creative pros have to monitor. So focus is how we allocate our finite attention, how we define the problems that we're trying to solve. Uh, function is how we accomplish those problems. So our systems metrics, um, mechanisms by which we accomplish the problems. And fire is the deeper why or the grand vision within which those problems fit. When there is a misalignment between those three elements, which by the way, I had an interesting insight the other day when I was reading this, I realized, oh, there are a couple of areas in my life where these three things are not aligned properly. So again, back to the like, doctor, take your own medicine, doctor, heal yourself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have, for example, when you have a lack, a deep understanding of the, of the fire part, the why part, the deeper sense of why this matters, what's fueling and firing this work in your life, often what, what I find is my function piece becomes unnecessarily complex. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm inventing things. I'm inventing work because I'm trying to get to the end goal, but I don't understand really how that problem nests within a deeper sense of why I'm doing my work to begin with. 
Um, and so things become needlessly complex. When I lack focus, the same thing happens. But when I lack focus, um, I'm not allocating my attention to the right place or I'm not defining the problem properly. I lose sense of my deeper why, my deeper sense of purpose and why I'm doing the work to begin with. So simply sitting down and consistently asking yourself, what problems am I largely accountable for solving right now? Because we don't, our minds aren't wired to do projects. Our minds are wired to solve problems. You know, they didn't, you know, nobody thousands of years ago was saying, you know, oh, look, there's a cave. I think I should, um, I should start a project. Where's my tablet that I can chisel a, a task list into? No, they're thinking I'm hungry, I'm cold, I need a place to hide because there's something about to eat me. That cave looks like a great place to solve that problem. Um, you know, that's what we're wired to do to solve problems. So if we don't clearly understand the problems we're solving every day, then we're gonna get off the rails. If we don't have systems in place that are that are complex enough to support our ambitions from an infrastructure standpoint, but simple enough that they don't prevent uh, provide needless hurdles to jump. And if we don't have a deeper sense of how that work fits within the grander scheme of why we're on this planet, but also just why we're doing this this work, why we're solving this problem to begin with, then we're going to struggle. So just sitting down and analyzing those three things, focus, function, fire, can really help um, ensure that you're putting your finite resources in the right place. This this actually, um, as, you're, as you're sharing this, it, it had me thinking about this idea of tempering ambition. You're creative. You're prolific. You've been putting together. I mean, it, it's not like you're not a fountain of ideas. Things have come. I mean, you wrote, like you said, 366 days worth of, you know, creative medicine for lack of a better term. I'll just, I'll just, that's my wording, not yours. But when I think about the book Die Empty and the idea of like, you know, when you're, when you're no longer here, you should have, the tank should be empty. I, I find that and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I find that people really try to do as much as possible in short a time span as possible because they, they're afraid that they don't have time. Like I better do it now because tomorrow is not guaranteed. That message that we've had, like live for today because tomorrow isn't guaranteed, which I think has been corrupted over time and things like that. When, when you think about the, the combination of the, the daily creative with die empty, What's the relationship that those two books you think has for a reader who, because Die Empty was a book that a lot of people talked about. Like the idea, like I, you know, it was, and now you've got this other book that's saying like every day, here's a message. Like what's the relationship between those two books? Uh, maybe that the reader should take into account if they're looking at them in conjunction with, the, you know, your greater body of work overall. Yeah, I would say um, daily uh, or die empty is the what, right? And daily creative is the how, maybe. Um, it, you know, meaning um, if if you want to get to a place where you're putting your work into the world consistently and you're not leaving your best work inside of you, but you're putting it out there, A, you're identifying it, and B, you're putting it out there in the world, um, you're going to need some guideposts along the way. You're going to need some help. Um, not motivation in the sense of rah-rah and you can do it and it's all going to work out okay because sometimes it's not <laughs> you know sometimes despite our best efforts and our best ambitions and we have all the right ideas and and we have all the skill we need and things just don't fall our way that's life that's reality we don't account for luck often in the way things turn out you know and that's that's going to happen but that doesn't mean your body of work is compromised the end result is not the ultimate measure of your body of work. The, the measure of your body of work is, did you put your work into the world? Did you strive? Did you do your best to put it into the world where it could be of use to other people? How it's received is not 
always your responsibility, right? As long as you're doing diligence. And so what I think daily creative is, is really that sort of daily guide, that shot in the arm, that a uh, bit of practical advice. I, I kind of wanted to feel, and people have told me this, it feels like I'm sort of sitting over their shoulder, whispering in their ear, you know, sort of like a, like a, uh, a coach, you know, yeah. kind of behind them, like um, sometimes giving them a hug while I'm also simultaneously kicking them in the rear, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to feel like, like it's going to be okay. And you need to get moving. You need to get moving, go, 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 you know, um, that's kind of what I wanted to feel like, because I think that's what we need is creative person. That's what I need. You know, I, I need someone to, to remind me, Hey, it's okay. You're doing good work. It's not all going to work out. It, that's fine. It's okay. Um, it's not everything is going to work out the way you want it to. Um, and you need to keep moving forward. And so when you ask me, you know, about die empty and you say that I'm prolific, I don't feel, I don't feel prolific. I just feel like someone who shows up every day and I do a little bit of work and I keep putting it out there for people. And over time that's turned into wow, now six traditionally published books in the last 12 years and, you know, podcasts for 17 years. We're coming up on our 20-year anniversary of the Accidental Creative Podcast, which is just insane to yeah. think about. Um, and people say it's so prolific. All it is is just showing up every day and just doing a little bit of work every day, you know, and putting it out there. Um, I think if we all do that, I think that we'd be really surprised at how much we can do. I'm going to look up what prolific means, the etymology of the word prolific. <laughs> probably something like producing offspring or fruit in abundance uh, from the word um, pro prolificus, uh, offspring. So you've birthed a lot of things, including a good chunk of, uh, of podcast episodes. Um, I'm going to see if I can admit uh, a guest, or sorry, someone in the audience right now. Great. So. See if they, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to work. That's fine. I have a couple <laughs> more questions. Number okay, one, perfect. August 6th, you mentioned complexity. You mentioned complications. August 6th is, what if it were easy? What if it were easy? So let's, what does that, what kind of freedom does that question allow? And what, when someone reads that entry, what's your hopeful takeaway for them? So um, this some of the entries were sparked by things that inspired me. And then I wanted to turn around and share them. And this was sparked by something that Tim, Fer Tim Ferriss said on one of his podcast episodes. He said, you know, he asked the question, what if it was easy? Meaning we tend to think that things that are valuable have to be complicated or complex. Um, and this gets in my way a lot. When I want to do something, my immediate thought is, okay, what, all, what are all of the systems and the processes and all the things I can pull in to make this happen? And it just begins to feel overwhelming. And over time, you know, that can prevent us from doing the work. It's not that we don't want to do the work. It's that we can't imagine gearing up to do it because it's just become so complex. And that question freed me in a lot of ways because I began thinking, okay, what if it were easy? What if I did this in a way that required the least amount of effort to achieve the most amount of value. And that's changed the way I approach podcasting. It's changed the way I approach writing books. It's changed the way I approach, you know, my speaking, my, my conversations with leaders, my coaching, all of that. Um, I've automated a lot of things and I've simplified a lot of processes to make it as easy as possible to deliver that value um, because things don't have to be as complex as we make them. And what that's done, the net net of that is I'm able, I'm able to do more things. I'm able to produce more things because I want to, because I'm not, just sort of, uh, you know, turned off by the very thought of doing it because of the complexity. Last question before I let you go. 
Um, there's a ton of days in here, 366 of them. Mm-hmm. Is there any Easter egg dates that we need to think about? Were there any that you're like, oh, this is an Easter egg. I'll throw that in there. Do you have any? Or is it just like, nope, it just kind of is the way it flowed out? It's kind of the way it flowed out. I will say that um, the beginning of the year is really about looking forward and vision and where are you going? And the end of the year is really about looking backward and sort of analyzing where you've been and then turning the corner into the new year. So there are some themes, um, certain times of the year. I mean, you'll find like, um, I think, uh, February 14th, which is Valentine's day is about love of process. Right. Um, right. I think I made, I made Christmas day about gifts and the gift that we give to others through our creative work. Um, for those of us in the U.S., sorry, Mike, for those of us in the U.S., I think uh, January or July Fourth uh, was about creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that will maybe for the international translations, we'll have to move that to different days depending on it's the just Independence Day of the three cooking. days earlier for us. That's all. That's yeah, all. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But but you know there are certain you will find certain themes on certain days, but right. nothing that is that requires you to think about a specific you know like. Independence Day or something. It just happens to be about creative freedom that day and how we embrace creative freedom. Todd, this has been great. I know you've got a hard stop here, so uh, we'll wrap things up. Where can people pick up the book, Daily Creative, A Practical Guide for Staying Prolific, Brilliant, and Healthy? Daily Creative is available wherever books are sold. Uh, You can learn more about me at toddhenry.com. Please listen to the Accidental Creative Podcast wherever you listen to this show. It's available there as well. And uh, dailycreative.net is where we've built our little community around Daily Creative. Todd, thanks for stopping by and having a productive conversation with me today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to Todd for joining me. I know he had a tight schedule with the book release and a bunch of other demands on his time. Really thankful he took the time to not only speak with me, but to do it over a live stream with members of the Time Crafting Trust community. Premium members were able to watch that live. In the show notes, I share a link on how you can join Time Crafting Trust as a premium member. There's a whole bunch of other things that we list in the show notes as well, and you can find those at productivityist.com slash podcast 441. Now, there are a couple of ways for you to support the show other than becoming a premium member of Time Crafting Trust. One is to check out the sponsors that we spoke of today during the program. You can check them out at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors and let them know that we sent you. Another way to support the show, this one doesn't cost you a dime, is to subscribe to the show. You can get all 440 episodes prior to this one quickly and easily as a subscriber, as well as be able to get quick access to upcoming episodes, which will include Robin Hills, Mo from uh, Boomerang. Uh, We've got Edward Sullivan and John Baird coming up as well as a ton of other guests. We've got guests lined up all the way until early 2023. When you subscribe, you won't miss a single one. So again, where you're listening to this podcast right now, hit the subscribe button and you're good to go. I'm good to go now too. And so are you. This conversation's over. This episode's over. Thanks for joining me. And until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you, stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.